It's wonderful to be with you. Um, and uh, I just am enjoying this. I, by the way, I know Steve, there's no heating or whatever. Uh, Rosemary and I lived in Aberdeen for 10 years. And so to me, this is just a mild autumn day. <laughs> this is fine. So just short and all of that. Uh, really great to be here. As Steve said, we've recently, just three months ago actually, moved, moved to the Midlands. And, um, and that's just part of the journey that the Lord seems to have us on. We'd sense it was time a year ago, I can hardly believe I'm saying that, to hand on our small but wonderful church in Aberdeen to a, a really great young couple. And so we did that, and um, uh, just seeking to find out what the Lord has for us next, basically, which, which is the way it is with us and the way, the way it's been. So uh, great to be down here and finding our way around the Midlands. Um, uh, where we are is not far from here. It's just that we got diverted this morning because of road work. So we've seen a lot of the area already <laughs> since 9 o'clock. <laughs> um, Steve, actually, he didn't, he didn't tell you the whole story here. I think you actually had a really top speaker lined up for today. And I think he pulled out at the last minute. And what happened was, um, what happened was, uh, Steve, Steve just said to himself, well, what am I going to do? You know, what can I do in this scenario? And he thought, I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll contact the most intelligent guy I know who can speak. And so he did that, and, and, um, but no, no, that, that wasn't going to work. So he thought, well, what do I do now? And, and he said, well, I know what I do. I'll contact the best theologian I know. So he did that. He did that too, and, but no, no, that wasn't. So really getting pretty desperate by this stage, he says, well, what I'll do is I'll contact the best-looking speaker I know. <laughs> but again, no, no, that, that, that didn't happen. And so... Um, and so the call came through, and uh, and I said, "Well, well, okay then. I mean, what can I do? I'd already said no three times." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. That is. I'm just playing with you. Please don't take that seriously. Um, I've listened to several talks from this church in the last few days because I I know you're doing a series on the Lord's Prayer, really, the Kingdom Come. Your kingdom come, yes? And so Steve uh, very kindly said, you can either speak on anything you want or else you can speak on belonging in the kingdom of God. And I'm going to do that, belong in the kingdom of God, because uh, I love it, <laughs> and so do you. And, and it's wonderful just to get the chance to come. I, uh, right into the middle of town, I guess this is, is that right? And see you in the midst of all the building works and all of that. And um, what a great job. And just hang in there. You know, the Lord is here. The Spirit is here. And we sense it the moment we arrive. And it's just a, an honor to be with you this morning. You know, keep, keep trucking on with this. So let me just dive in to this. Uh, the plan is that I have a talk for you. And then um, my wife, Rosemary... I think has something from the Lord, and uh, if she doesn't have it yet, she will have. Uh, and we'd just love to minister. I checked that with Steve, that'd be fine. At that point, we'll probably just ask you to stand where you are, because it's obviously, you know, the, the fire officer insists the aisles are 
kept clear, etc. So we'll just ask to stand for yours, we minister. Um, you are basing your series on Isaiah 61, just as a recap, uh, which says, the year of the Lord's favor, yes? The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. And I guess that's in some ways the bit I'm speaking about this morning. It's the belonging sense. Uh, it's sometimes in the vineyard we speak of church being a hospital and a school and a family and an army. And it's very much the belonging. Uh, it's belonging as a family in order that we can go and do all these other things. Yeah. So that's what we've learned in our time in the vineyard over the, the many years, as Steve rightly says. Um, and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And I can't think of a better way to refer to the central vineyard in Northampton as the oaks of righteousness, planted by the Lord for the display of his splendor right here on what you probably think is a building site. But God's here. And God's in you. And in me, hopefully. So, Father, we just commit this time to you. We just ask for your spirit to be with us. To your glory, Lord, may I speak in your name. Amen. When Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit, he preached in the synagogue and he read this scripture out, the one I just read to you. And when he finished, he said, for the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing, is fulfilled, is fulfilled in your hearing. Uh, this is the day of it. And, and this scripture is fulfilled today in all our hearing. It's fulfilled. Um, it's a reality, that means. And in a fallen world, we need to hold to the truth of that, you and me. This is what the word of God says, and we believe the word of God. The kingdom of God, I know that a number of you have come up with superb definitions, which I'm not going to try and emulate. It's simply the rule and reign of God on this planet today. That's how I see it. And what does it mean to belong in God's kingdom? That's the question. What does it mean to belong in his kingdom? Or maybe there's a better question, first of all, which is, why would God ever want you or me in his kingdom? Maybe you're thinking that today. What interest does God have in me? You know, wherever you are with God or wherever you think you are or wherever you think he is and however close you are, I hope lots of you, if not all of you, are very close to the Lord. I hope you sense that. But there may be some of you who don't, you see, and that's entirely normal. But um, why would God be interested in you? There was, in my day, a Christian artist, writer, guy called Adrian Plass. And he wrote a book called The Secret Diary of Adrian Plass, aged 37 and three quarters. That was the title. And he writes this, I became a Christian when I was 16. 
But it wasn't until I was 37 that I absorbed an essential truth. God is nice and he likes me. It's true. God is nice and he likes me. God isn't cross with you. Not only does he like you, not only is he nice, he's a lot, lot more than nice. He is good. He shows amazing love for us, for every single one of us here today. And he is faithful. He's good, he's loving, and he is faithful. And Jesus always gave people the chance to make up their mind and decide to follow him. He never forced them, he just offered it to them. Come follow me, he said. And one day, there was a rich young ruler met Jesus as he was going around. And this guy, you know, he knew, he, he knew the word of God. And uh, he would have had the latest notes. He would have had the daily readings and all that stuff. And uh, he came to Jesus and said, what do I have to do to get eternal life that you talk about? And Jesus looked at him and saw that he was a good person and saw all that. And he said, well, you know, there's really just one thing you need to do. Sell everything you have and come and follow me. Or just leave it all and come and join my house group, said Jesus. Let's hang out. Let's see how we get on when we're not getting on. Let's hang out. Everything was about come and follow Jesus. Everything. And my point is in telling you that, that Jesus is simply looking for us to be available to him. This rich young ruler, sadly, went away. He couldn't do that. And Jesus let him go away. All that potential. All these credentials, you know, the best degree from Bible college, all that stuff. But he couldn't do what Jesus asked. And um, remarkable that Jesus just let him go. You know, we'd be grabbing a guy and finding something for him to do. Jesus is looking for us simply to be available to him. It doesn't matter whether we have credentials. It really doesn't. They're great. Knowledge is wonderful. Bible knowledge particularly is wonderful. So don't mishear me. But it's not the credentials. It's not what we bring. As John Wimber once said, all we ever bring to the party is our sin. It's about him and what he does in us, first and foremost. His love for us. Do you see? Sometimes good credentials can get in the way, as they did with that rich young ruler guy. Two things... Two things are required of every one of us in this room if we wish to belong in the kingdom of God. Number one is a pulse. You got a pulse? Okay. You got a pulse. Check. There we go. Any of you blood pressure checkers or is it, is it just me? I, my GP's got me checking blood pressure. I'm fine. I'm very healthy. A pulse. And secondly, be available to Jesus. Okay. So... Sometimes we've heard that said in the vineyard is just being loose change in God's pocket. You know, that in God's pocket. Not other people's pockets, in God's pocket. Loose change in his pocket. Just a pulse and loose change in God's pocket. That's what matters. That's the key to being belonging in his kingdom. And almost straight after the story of the rich young ruler, in Luke chapter 19, there's a much happier story. 
And it's about a guy called Zacchaeus. And we're going to read that with you just now. It's 10 verses in Luke chapter 19. And there may be a PowerPoint. There is a PowerPoint, if you can see it, on screen there. Let's just read these verses together. I love this story. And it's on point for the belonging to the kingdom, which I'll briefly try and explain. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, a chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he couldn't see over the crowd, so he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore tree, got up high to see Jesus coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. People didn't like that. Especially the ones who thought he'd come for good people. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Okay, it's a great little story. Let me try and tell you something out of it that's relevant. He was a tax collector from Jericho. Jericho was a trade center. But it's probably a bit like Northampton. All roads seem to converge on Northampton. And so everything's there. And he was the chief of the tax collectors. Very unpopular guy. And he was short. He had heard of Jesus, we don't know how, and that Jesus was coming through Jericho. And so he decided that he wanted to get a good look at him. We don't know why. But clearly, he was interested. So he found out which way Jesus was coming and got there early to a spot where he could climb a tree away from the townspeople who hated him, but high up and able to see Jesus. It's not unknown for men, especially, to want to get closer to Jesus. But we get embarrassed. We don't want our friends to see us come to an Alpha course or come to a carl service, or whatever. You know, it's not cool. And also, even more significantly, it could be costly. (laughs) Could change things for us, you know what I mean? So, um, I think the story's relevant. Uh, But Zacchaeus, anyway, decided to take a risk this day and go and see Jesus. Now, if you're thinking about it, all the people of the town would be absolutely horrified, knowing the story that we've read, to think that this guy, who was, as far as they were concerned, Zacchaeus, a nasty bit of work, suddenly, he's in, his name's in the Bible, and 2,000 years later, millions of people know about this guy. I mean, it's quite remarkable, you know, because of what God did in his life. Nothing he did, what God did. But he was just available. And um, he was despised. Not only did he make money on the side, as well as... Legitimate tax, I guess. He made money out of the tax collectors who worked for him. So he knew every trick. He was on the make. And um, you can imagine he just had the best of everything. Nice house. 
servants, all of that, best food. And all the townspeople looking at him saying, that's my money. You don't deserve any of it, but they could do nothing about fixing it. Nothing. Until Jesus came through town. Jesus came. And, and this is the amazing thing. He caught Zacchaeus' eye as he's up this tree. He caught Zacchaeus' eye and essentially looked up and said, come down immediately. I've got to stay at your place today. You know, come and hang out with me, Zach. Let's go and have a burger. Jesus approach to this despised guy. Now, can you imagine? Can you imagine? You know, all the people are saying, what's he doing? He's gone to be with a sinner. What's this? this? This isn't the plan. But he went and showed acceptance and love to Zacchaeus, to Jesus. The heart of the message, the heart of the gospel, and belonging in the kingdom is firstly about receiving that love like Zacchaeus did. Receive it first of all. Let it overwhelm us. Let us really come to terms with the fact that God likes us. You know, there is nothing any of us can do right now, nothing we can do at this moment to make God love us more than he does already. And there is nothing we can do to make God love us less than he does already. We have all his love now through Jesus. The scripture's fulfilled, you see. And when I thought about that and reflected on it again, I just thought, you know, that's the only message I want to share here today, that God's loving acceptance is here for all of us. It doesn't matter what, nothing else matters except you know the love of God in your lives. It doesn't matter anything else. And this was a remarkable occurrence for a range of things. Jesus, we're not told in the Bible that Jesus knew anything about Zacchaeus before this, knew who he was or anything, but we sense that it could have been what's called a word of knowledge in the Bible in 1 Corinthians. Paul talks about a word of knowledge being an utterance inspired by God and spoken by a person. And it's an insight into the things that God freely gives us, as it says in 1 Corinthians. And it shares the truth of facts that the Spirit wants to share with us, wants us to know. It is important, we're learning this, uh, Rosemary and I just now, and this, um, just that the, we let the Spirit lead us, and that the Spirit leads our soul and our body, and not the other way around. And so learning to hear the Spirit and live in the Spirit is a really important key to belonging in the kingdom of God, as we'll see. Not only did Zacchaeus um, feel loved, but Jesus just made him feel accepted. This guy had a high need for friends, for human companionship. You know, he, he was lonely. And um, just a simple request for hospitality. Steve, please note. Never underestimate the power of inviting yourself for food. I learned that in Aberdeen. as pastor. Just be freely invite yourself to eat at somebody's house. It's the best way to pastor. I mean it. I mean it. Instead of answering people, doing all the stuff for them. No, you feed me. <laughs> Thirdly, with supernatural revelation, um, it's small wonder that Zacchaeus was saved. I mean, boy, was he saved. Lock, stock, and barrel. 
I mean, he just came running into the kingdom. You know, in the old Clint Eastwood spaghetti western terms, door swinging. He's in. Because he encountered Jesus. He encountered Jesus. And he encountered love. And he encountered acceptance. In a whole, whole new way. All resistance to the gospel was overcome. He climbed the tree to see Christ more clearly. And in the process, was more clearly seen by God. So, we read there that Zacchaeus became a son of Abraham, which in today's parlance just means, I think, he became a member of the church. And he came to belong to the kingdom. And it, belonging to the kingdom means you're part of the church. And I would say to you, you should be proactive in that. I know most, if not all of you are. Be proactive in being part of your church. Um, Wimber wrote in his book, Everybody Gets to Play. My uncle John Wimber was the founder of the vineyard. Uh, he died about 19 years ago, but he was the founder of the vineyard internationally. And he wrote a book, as I've said. He says this, when you join the kingdom of God, you expected to be used by God. And that's true, isn't it? We don't just join to, join to sit around. We join we expect to be used by God. And Wimber says, folks, I'm not saying do something heroic. Take on some high standard. Sell everything you have and go. Now he says, if Jesus tells you to do that, that's different. But I'm not telling you that. That's an important caveat. I'm just saying, take part. Participate. Give some portion of what you have, time, energy, money, on a regular basis to this purpose, to redeeming people, to caring for people. Share your heart and life with somebody who's not easy to sit in the same car with. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who is it? Uh, the writer, Henry Nowen, um, sort of mystic writer. He wrote um, Community. He was writing about community. And he said, community is the place where the person you least want to live with always lives. And there is, you know, some of you laugh. You know people like that in your house groups. That's where the power of the kingdom of God is. I do. I mean, it, to be honest, it's probably been me sometimes. You know what I mean? It's just, uh, I'm not pointing to anyone. It's just, that's the way life is. That's the kingdom. Take part. That's where you'll really see the kingdom. And I think Wimber's wisdom in that was amazing. And I just want to take a moment here to commend to you Steve and Tammy's leadership right here uh, in uh, Central Vineyard. Um, you began, what, about 10 years ago? Uh, running a great church. You started with a few people, I guess. Yeah, five of you. Five of you, there you go. And, um, and, and as you've heard this morning, a church like this, and it's true in, in the vineyard branch of the body of Christ, that the churches are vision-led. And God has given to Steve and to Tammy a vision for the future, which clearly lots of you love and buy into them and buy into this vision. Um, in addition to what they do here that, that probably you all see, uh, they have translocal leadership in vineyard churches. They are the area leaders for the East Midlands. Is that what it's called? And that would be, what, nine or ten churches-ish? Eight or nine? Say again? Eight, including Trent. Well, let's include Trent. Eight, <laughs> you know. And... Uh, and eight, including Trent, and 
Um, I mean, Rosemary and I, back in the day, we, we oversaw lots of churches too, and we know from experience that uh, it's, it, it's a wonderful privilege, but it's demanding. And, you know, I just think you're so, so fortunate to have them. So bless them, look after them. I'm sure you do, but keep doing it. And especially as you go through transitions like this, you know, and it's with the eyes of faith you see the future. That's really important. Uh, these guys are called by God to do this. And there's this, this is a wonderful place to be. This is a wonderful place to be. I love them. What is it, belonging in the kingdom of God? Like Zach, it's finding something of immeasurable value. Far, worth far more than anything else you can think of. It's finding the person Jesus, the treasure, if you like, in the field, the pearl of great price, all of that. And one of the ways we do this is having received the love of Christ ourselves is to reach out to others with love. You know, like a, a reaching out, really reaching out. And, and again, I sense that here, right? the way you're positioning yourselves for whatever you're planning you're clearly, you know, you're, you're building beside a huge car park and an intersection of all these roads. You're clearly reaching out. That's in the plan. Reaching out with the love of God. Reaching out to give people worth and value brought to them by Christ through you. All of you who have a pulse and are available become the arms and legs of Jesus in Northampton. It's a wonderful thing. It's exciting. And that's what it's about. Belonging in the kingdom. Love each other deeply, the Apostle Peter says. And that, the, the, uh, I looked it up, the Greek word used for deeply is the word used for a horse at full gallop. It's that reaching out, that fervently striving. Love with that. Love one another. And overlook all the faults and all the, give each other grace. Play nice. All that stuff. Really, really important in belonging in the kingdom. We must first receive that love to affirm our belonging in the kingdom of God before you can give it away. That just makes sense. But belonging in the kingdom is about receiving love and giving it away, the love of Jesus. And you think at this guy, Zacchaeus, look at him, he didn't care about giving back all the money. If you think of it, he'd found something much more valuable. His life was totally turned around. You know, Think what it would mean to give back. What did you say? Half, give half back to the poor and four times everybody he cheated. And he cheated a lot of people. So I would imagine once he'd done that, you know, he, he was living in different circumstances, honestly. And, but that's what it takes sometimes. Repentance is not just a change of heart. Repentance is making amends. <coughs> can be. And uh, Zacchaeus just did it. How could he possibly do that? In his own strength? Not a chance. In the power of the Holy Spirit? For sure. Filled with the Spirit of God. Met the living Jesus. And what's really wonderful, and I think that this is uh, what I wanted to say, that you know, Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem to suffer and die on the cross and of course rise again. Do all that. Zacchaeus didn't follow him there. He stayed in Jericho. 
And just think of that. He stayed amongst all the people. Converted he was now. But this time he was bringing the kingdom. It says that. Salvation has come to this house. And he stayed in that place. And he brought the kingdom there. He brought the kingdom there. He didn't go on the road. He stayed. That must have been hard. And again, only God could give him the grace for that. But so important, as, as I look around, it's so important that churches such as this and, and uh, in the cities that like this, that you stick around and you be the arms and legs of Jesus right where you are. That's where it's going to matter. Uh, and I think God wants to give you all the grace for that and encouragement for that. That, you see, Zacchaeus never forgot the word of Jesus. Today, salvation has come to this house. And you know that salvation is on you and is on this group and is on the central vineyard and all of that. You know you have that power. And here's the place for you to share it. Uh, and I just like to think that lots of people came to Zacchaeus' house. I don't know how many house groups he ever led doesn't say that, but he will have had people come to Christ in his house because salvation came to his house. And if God says to you, salvation has come to your house, salvation has come to your house. I mean, it's not, he's not going to change that. So that must be an exciting place to be. And of course, all of this, my final point, Jesus belonging in the kingdom is all about living in the power of the resurrection, which is the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit, everybody. Jesus, in his ministry, loved to hang out with people like Zacchaeus, sinners, away from God. And on the cross, you know, you know Jesus died in the company of robbers. People who needed salvation. Verse 10. It was all intended because Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Belonging in the kingdom is about that. And we do it, I believe, in the power of the Spirit. We belong in the kingdom in order to call our friends and colleagues out of darkness and into the light of God. That's what it's about. Now, there's other stuff we can learn from this story. Um, I, I, but I'd like to... I think one of the key things about belonging in the kingdom is that in a church setting like this, the church is not the kingdom, right? We understand that. The church is the sort of agent of the kingdom. The church is a place where it's wonderful to make room to learn about what the kingdom is. And, you know, with Steve's permission, um, I would just like, with Rosemary, just to minister to you now and to invite the Holy Spirit to come because this is what belonging in the kingdom is filling ourselves up with the Spirit, learning to see the Spirit of God move among us. And this is, in one sense, risky because we're relying on the Spirit of God coming. And so the plan is really to wait on the Spirit of God and to invite Him to come and minister to us and see what He has for us. And so if I could invite you, if you're able, could you just stand now and we will do that. And um, this is the kingdom of God in, in this setting, in church like this as we gather, is intended to be a safe place for us all to learn how to minister, how to do these things. And so we wait on the Spirit of God. So we'll just pray the, the time-honored prayer of the people of God, and that is, 
Come Holy Spirit. And now we just wait.